Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Real boy at your level. I'm real boy at your pedal. You better dash for my class of rebels. Cause you know we came to blast when we smashed the metal. Brooklyn, that's how we doing it. 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 Brooklyn, how we doing it. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another On Everything podcast. I'm your host, Eugene D. Brown. We here with a special guest today. We have uh, Brittany Monique Jones, and we also have Ella. Um, today is going to be a very special show. I'm super excited. This is going to be dope. Um, I'm very glad, you know, to have the show going on today. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Gene? We are rushing today. Today has been a busy day for you. Why is it always every time we do this show, we get to this time and it's busy, busy, busy? Just like I know he's still on there, but audience, so that you can know Gene is transitioning so that he can get on his phone, computer, whatever he's going to do, because Friday somehow it just gets extremely busy. Maybe it's because it's the end of the week. But Whitney, you are doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. We are so happy to have you here. Um. While Jean is getting situated, let's start off with just where you're from and tell us just a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm from Toledo, Ohio, raised there, born there, but um, I currently live in Columbus, Ohio. I've been here for mm, uh, about four years. Um, so I am also um, a licensed counselor um, and I am passionate about the single population, Um, especially those of us who are saved in the church. Um, My passion is is for the singles because um, there's a lot that comes with being single and trying to live saved. And people don't always realize that. Um, They kind of minimize it because they feel like, oh, you're not married. You don't have all these problems, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Not true. So (laughs) I am passionate about it because I'm living it as well. So and I go through the same struggles as everybody else. And that's everything, though, that you're passionate about it because you are living it. And that's what people want to see. Right. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about single and saved, whether you're talking about faith, whatever you're talking about. People are more apt to listen to you and receive your message if you are living the life and you are living that story. Right. You can't really have somebody believe it unless you're doing it. So I can appreciate um, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Jane. You straight? Yeah. yeah, I'm straight. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I got knocked off. That was crazy just now. But um yeah. So what was y'all saying? I'm sorry. I, m- I missed what y'all was talking about. I'm sorry. So, yeah. So she just she just opened up with where she's from. Um and current originally from Toledo, but currently in Columbus. Okay. Um and just talking about living that life, the single and saved life. And so I was just saying that it's good when you're living it because people are more apt to receive your message when you're living something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Especially something that they're trying to intake, obtain because Whitney. I will say for me and me and Jean talk about this all the time, just about faith in general. That is so hard. So definitely what I want our viewers and listeners to know today is how you started on that path and how, which is going to be the number one question to everybody, how are you remaining on that path with the society and the temptations and everything that we live in? Yeah. Um, so as we had kind of talked before we started, this is I've always been raised in the church. Um, since I was a little girl, like church, 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 we would go Monday through Monday through Sunday, really, whether it's a Bible class, choir rehearsal, um, praise and worship rehearsal, vacation Bible school, like even when my parents had meetings, I was at the church with them. You know, so it that's all I know pretty much. Um, and you know, as I grew up, 
it was something that I was taught. It was something that I was exposed to on a regular. So it, it was normal for me to just live it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got older, you know, and my mom, she was she played like a critical part in that. You know, she was so adamant about teaching us how to be holy women, you know, growing up and like how to dress and how to present yourself and all this kind of stuff. And she, what she taught us really stuck with us and my dad as well. But um, so I've always desired to live for the Lord. That's always been a desire of mine. Mm-hmm. Like even up, my dad would have us have um, devotions on Saturdays. Like he would literally wake us up out of bed, throw water on us to get us up and make us you know, sing worship songs and read the Bible. Like it was like an every weekend thing. So yeah. I was exposed to that, you know, um, and that's all I knew. So um, once I got a little older, um, things started transitioning. You know, I was exposed to a lot more, like, because I was kind of sheltered in a way. Um, I was exposed to a lot more. So here comes, uh, oh, I like this. Here comes the liking the boys and junior high and then high school. And then it's like, oh, this is new. You know, (laughs) the cell phones came out. Oh, I wanted a cell phone so I can talk to the boys at night when my parents weren't watching. You know, I started growing up and and coming into that, that sexuality Piece, you know, um, and then once I got older, it was like it was like boom, like one hundred percent. I'm out here going going to college, and I'm like, man, this is a different kind of life here, you know. Um, and I've had, you know, that those desires started to come, those sexual desires, all of that, and I'm like, I don't know how to really navigate this. I was taught, you know, don't have sex wait till you marry. You know, that was pretty much the basis of it. Okay, but how do I how do I do that? You know, how do I do that? How do I uh, turn down this and this? And how do I? You know, it, it was that wasn't really taught one hundred percent. So it was like a whole new level for me. And um, you know, once I got into that, of course, I, I made mistakes on the way. You know, I was there was temptation coming from everywhere at one point. You know, and they still come. You know, they still come. But it's like. What I was taught, it really stuck with me. And it's like, God has sustained me. And, you know, even when I didn't want to be kept, like I wanted to have sex, I wanted to do this. It was like, God was like, no, I I ain't letting you go. You know, and it's just like, I can't really explain it, but he's, he's literally kept me. But it's just the desire that I've had, that I have to please him. That really comes into play and allowing the Holy Spirit to work within me like it should and like I said I've not been perfect on the way but it's just my desire keeps me going you know in that same direction to really please him and do things the right way I don't want to be around here sleeping with a whole bunch of men you know I be connected to all these men like I want to be able to connect with one person you know we share that that special thing together you know what I'm saying like that's what I desire you know so it's just it's been a journey, but I'm still on it. You know, <laughs> it's hard out here. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so what, what inspired you to um, basically do the single and save series? And, you know, I know your, your background, you know, is in the church. What kind of church did you attend? And um, what inspired you to, to get into like, setting this up in order to help other people i know you're passionate about it but what what switch made you uh get into yeah. that so i guess so my parents they were always they were a part of the um the marriage the marriage groups in church they led those groups in church i was always intrigued by that like how they were supporting the married couples you know mm-hmm. as they were we're supporting other married couples. And my aunt, I have an aunt who was um, over the singles ministry. And, you know, I watched her and how she did things. And I'm just like, that is so interesting. But then life came, you know, life came past me by and I forgot about that. But then when I got to the point to where I started struggling myself, you know, I started to to have all of these tempting things around me and doing ministry and, oh, but you go home and you're tempted with this. And this guy is at you like this. I just, I really thought I'm like, this is not easy. Like this is, and I I was raised in the apostolic church. I still attend, but they don't talk about those things. Those, those, the people that the single, uh, the things that the people, the single people go through, like they don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. 
they shun the uh, the topic of sex, you know, and it's like, okay, where am I supposed to go then? You know, right? Do I go to the world to find it? We don't want to do that because I'm not supposed to be of the world. Like so, and a lot of single people they do that because that is where it's um you're allowed to be open, you know, it, with your sexuality in the world. This is where people will accept you, you know, and it's easier for you to to be free in that, you know, but when you're really trying to live for God, the world ain't for you. You don't get, you know, direction from the world in that aspect. So when I realized that I'm like, people need to be able to communicate, be open about their struggles, you know, not feel like what they're going through is, is, um, going, is going to condemn them. They need a, um, a free space to really express what the struggles that they deal with. So that is what really um, prompted me to try and start something. And years ago, I created a group, like a private group on Facebook um, for that. And then I kind of let it go. I got frustrated with the process. I'm like, forget it. But when COVID happened, I don't know what it was. When COVID happened, I felt the the push to like, to start working on this. You know, Mm -hmm. we're at home, isolated, you know, people dealing with things. They don't have anybody to talk to. They don't have right. anywhere to go. And I know this is a social media platform, you know, but everybody's on social media. So why not use social media as a way to engage? Um, and hopefully in the future, this can be more of an in-person type thing. I don't know. Conferences, whatever. But when what happened, it was just like, there. there's your opening. Like you you started, started here. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I got started with it. So, um, I know, like on on top of the single and safe yeah. series, like you you also sing, right? Hmm. You also sing, right? You sing gospel music. Yeah, I do. Okay, <laughs> you, you had a single recently, right? I did have a single. It, it came out um, April of two thousand and nineteen, I believe. Mm-hmm. Come yeah. on, tell us about it. Uh, well, on. it was my first. It was my first single. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, I was raised, I've been singing since I was like five years old. Um, and I always wanted to work on an album. I just didn't know how to get it started. Um, so I just decided to go ahead and do my first single. And uh, God gave me a song to do, and I did it. Um, it's the first one. And I do plan on um, working on more music in the future. Mm-hmm. Just trying to navigate I see what to see what that looks like. But um, I did uh, come out with it single and I was proud of it. it was my first one you know of course I want it to be better in the future but you know that's just kind of how it got started <laughs> and what's the name of it so yeah it's called um no greater love no greater love it's called no greater love and it's just mm-hmm. it just expresses expresses God's love for me like and it's kind of my personal testimony like he's loved me through all of through everything you know, so that's kind of where the song came from. Oh, that's awesome. So um, everybody that's listening, I yeah. just want you to know, go check out the single. And also, <laughs> like, if you're on Instagram, or if you're on Instagram, definitely follow her. That's Whitney Monique Jones, right? Follow her page. That's NGL at the end, right? Is that <laughs> Whitney Monique Jones NGL or Whitney Jones NGL? Um, actually, my personal... I have a single and save page as well. Oh, you have a single and save. Um, so I post. Yeah, mm-hmm. I post a lot of content on there, like encouraging posts, you know, things yeah. like that. So it's underscore single and saved. So, underscore yeah, I have single that and saved. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'll tell you, like one of the most inspirational things, like that happens to me, like during my day, is like sometimes I'll be scrolling through Instagram or whatever. And I'll bump into, you know, your little videos with, with you singing and stuff like that. That's beautiful. Your voice is wonderful, so you know that. So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> very, very inspirational stuff right there. Um, Thank you. Oh, Sean said, um, God came over you. And Greg Finch said, keep on striving. Greatness will befall you. God is good. All the time, Greg. We know that. Yeah. And I appreciate that. like that you say when you spoke of God. Like, who is actually going to love us the way God loves us. And when you say people being in the world and we know in the world, that's what they're looking for. They're really looking for that type of love. 
right? And we know that believers, yeah. and if you're not believing, yeah. that's fine. The show is for you. But believers know that love is in God. But so often, you know, we fall. I don't know if you want to say fall from grace or backslide or whatever. And I believe everybody does that. But I think it's just that trust in God, like how you're trusting him and you're believing in your heart and you have a desire for a husband and that's how you're going to live and you want to live righteous and all of that. And I think um, like you talked about before, people want to do that, but they are so conflicted. It's temptation coming from everywhere. Like you said, COVID, people lost family members. They've lost jobs. Okay, now what I needed to now, let me get advice. My vice is drinking or drugs or whatever, because now I don't know if I'm going to be put out. And so how do you, and this goes with two staying um, single and saved, how do you get through that because that is the main thing where people fall is they can't get over that hump and we know that those desires and stuff they really are temporary like if you can get through that temporary moment then you can be back on track but sometimes people just can't get through it how do you remain so trusting that God is going to do for you you live your life like this basically so how do you remain so trusting and have you seen anything like what does God show you that look I've got this for you and I need you to stay on this path when people can't hear from him right well i think it it also goes back to um believing that he can you know you have to you have to believe you know in in the power of of jesus christ and you have to know that believe that he can sustain you and that he can um give you the control that you need when these temptations come. Because even in the Bible, he talks about how temptations are not uncommon to him. He knows, and he always makes a way of escape. You know, mm-hmm. that's in the word. Him knowing that temptation will come upon you and him knowing us seeing in the word that there's always a way of escape. That means he knows that you're going to have these temptations. It's just, you have to be able to um, believe that the escape is there for you. And you have to know how to get through that. And of course, he will guide you, you know, and it's all and it helps through prayer, you know, through fasting. And that's something I'm working on now because I like to eat, you know, and I like to, you know, I don't like to turn down my plate. But I mean, fasting, it helps you kill the, you know, kill the flesh, kill those desires. You're depriving yourself of things that you're so used to doing. And it also helps you when it comes to those sexual urges, sexual temptations. You know, once you get to that point to where you can kill the flesh. That means when those sexual desires come, you'll be in the place, uh, the strong place to, to, to kill it. So you won't give into it. You know, so prayer, fasting, yes, we know all that. It works. But also believing that that God can. Like he was just talking to me, what, last week? He was just like, give it to me. Like literally. It's not, he didn't create us to have, to be able to hold these things by ourselves. He said he was our strength, you know, so in the time of weakness, we give our weakness to the Lord, who's our strength. And in turn, we we get the strength that he has for us. But we have to believe and trust that he can do it. If we lack faith or if we doubt, you know, we know doubt is the sin and we all do it. I doubt. I'd be like, Lord, forgive me. Like, I should have believed that you was going to do this, you know, but we really have the faith in him and, and the power that he has, you know, to to keep us from those things. He can do the rest, but you, you got to meet him halfway. You can't just expect him to do all the work. You, you have to do the work. But also, it helps with having accountability partners. You know, somebody you can talk to and who can help you stay like, uh-uh, don't do that. You know, that's not right for you. How are you going to feel afterwards? You know, it's just, it's good to have accountability partners as well. And go out and enjoy life, do things so you're not always at home you know, with all these thoughts and, and these urges, go out and live your life, you know, um, and do things that you can enjoy. Work in the church, you know, sometimes that helps when you're, when you're not isolated, you're busy, you know, that helps with those things. So it's a lot, you know, it, it seems like it's so much, and it is because it's hard out here, but, you know, you just have to believe God. When he said he, he would do something, you have to believe he will, and just surround yourself with people who are not triggers for you, you know, who can help you sustain um, and keep you on the right path. That's definitely a big part of it. And I see you. Um, you have LPC. Are you a licensed professional counselor, too? Yes, I am. 
So the licensed professional counseling, do you, the same thing we're talking about today, is that one of the reasons why you got into it or it just meshed anyway with who you are and God's path? Why did you get into that? And what are your counseling, like what is your focus or what areas do you cover? Um, so counseling, it was a little a different path for me with that. Um, Cause I've always, in the future, I want to be specifically a marriage and family counselor. Okay. Um, but right now I'm a newly counselor. I just got my license in January. So I'm doing a plethora of, 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 of counseling um, uh, therapies. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, a culmination of everything right now. I have every population, kids, uh, adults, teenagers, you know, and I'm just exposing myself to, to that population so that I can be, um, so I can be used to counseling, you know, different individuals. So, and it's anxiety, depression, you know, all that kind of stuff, grief. Um, I, I do, I do it all right now, honestly. Um, but my focus is, has always wanted to be uh, marriage and family. So I've gone through a lot with my family. I lost my mom in 2012. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's okay. Thank you. Um, and also when I, when I told you guys that my parents were married, they were over the marriage um, group at church that always stuck with me, how they were supporting them like that, you know? Um, and that's always been a desire. So a lot happened in college that switched me from education to counseling. I feel like it was just God pushing me to where I needed to be. And then a lot of changes happened in my family. My mom passed, um, my dad remarried. You know, it was a lot of changes with that. And I'm just like, okay, this is this is why I want to do this. You know, I want to be able to help families transition and and be um, able to deal with a lot of changes that way. You know, with like the step parents, the it's a lot. You know, so that also had a lot to do with it. And now I'm here, so. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So that's, you are a busy, you are a busy woman, but you are also out here serving the Lord in so many ways. I mean, I just feel um, so blessed. Jean, don't you feel blessed to have her here? I mean, she has, like she said, a plethora. She's doing a number of things. And there's no doubt that, of course, with everything that you're doing, and I know you believe it too, that God is going to give you the desires um, of your heart. I mean, it's just amazing. Are you still, like Jean asked about your single in 2019? Are you considering adding that to your repertoire? Are you going to do some of that? Or was that just like a hobby or? Um, I'm sorry, you broke out. So I didn't hear what question you were asking. Did I? It's probably because I'm talking so low or I feel like I'm talking low. Um, do you do the singing? Can you hear me? Jean, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. She's asking, do do you do the singing? Yes, yeah. I can hear you. Uh, yeah. Okay, you can hear me now, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you know you're singing? Um, because I know you said that was 2019. Um, Are you going to still incorporate that or? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm I have so I write a lot. I have can you hear me? I think I'm breaking up a little bit. Oh, yeah, Greg you. says he can hear me, so I don't know if it's me, because Jean, she can hear you, though. I yeah. can hear you. I hear Yeah, my computer is just a little slow. <laughs> okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, so, so I sing so, in so church. You know, I sing. Oh. Yeah, I still sing. I write a lot of songs, so um. I'm just kind of waiting until I get that part taken care of and, you know, make sure I'm financially prepared to um, to do another album, you know, and it's and it's I don't I don't have the sound of a lot of other artists. You know, I have an individual sound um, and I believe God gave it to me for a reason. Um, so I want to make sure that I'm doing it the right way. You know, I want to make sure people are hearing the right kind of music that they need to hear. So it's it's a process and I'm still working on like my brother, he's a, he writes music um, and he's he's awesome, too. So I'm trying to work with him on some things. It's just it's kind of a transition thing. But I definitely I'm definitely trying to come out with five years. My brother. My brother name is Wayner Jones, but they call him L.A. His name is L.A. That's his artist name. 
Um, and he has some music out as well. So he's really he's really good. When you say you have, just real quick on that, when you say you have an individual sound, what does that mean? I just don't sound like anybody else. Like, I don't sound like anybody else at all. Like, <laughs> people used to ask me, who do you sound like? Who do you? And I'm like, nobody. I sound like me. But um, there's just, there's a, I feel like there's a level God wants me to be at, you know, when I do release more songs, you know, because... This world needs to hear more than, you know, just a good beat. You know, they need to hear God through the music, you know. So that's why I'm trying to really make sure I'm doing things the right way. Um, and the sound is the, the sound is right, you know, from, you know, so that's why I'm trying. I'm waiting until things kind of get um, put together on that end. So I'm not just doing it just to do it, you know. Yeah. So, so with your, um, yeah. With your IG, like when they go to their I, with your IG account and your IG, say it one more time. Your IG name. Um. So my single single and save page is underscore single and saved. Um. And then my music page is Whitney underscore Jones underscore NGL. Okay, good. And the single and save page. So I'm, I'm assuming that your music page. Okay, that's everything like music. The single and save page. Do you post like inspirational? Do you give since you're an LPC? Do you give like counseling tips? What is that page about? Um, it's like encouraging posts about the single life. Um, and I do sometimes engage mental health, but not so much. Um, it's more specifically towards like the single and saved population. I might put something up there once in a while, like boundaries. And, you know, of course, that goes in along with mental health. That's kind of a combination of it. So I kind of use that platform to do it that way. Um, mental health as it relates to the single population, how you can integrate that into the single life with boundaries. Like I said, um, getting uh living the life that you need to live you know working on forgiveness you know just a lot of things like that before you could possibly go into um, a healthy relationship you have to be healthily mentally first so mm -hmm. those are some things that i talk about um on the single and save page too tell me when you talk about that that single and saved and so you know whitney and you tell me if you feel the same way when we say single and saved and especially well, of course, when a woman is presenting it, but even if a woman wasn't presenting that topic and you say single and save, I feel like people automatically go to women because women they do. want to be that. They do. So what I'm saying is I know we've got, it is a problem, but I know we've got some men out there, but I want you to tell me because this is, this is a hot topic. If women, how do women and how do you help women on their journey who really want to do it, but they're still fighting temptation, they mess up and then they try again and they're still doing that walk. What is the difference if you have worked with both parties, the difference between women and helping them along and the difference between helping men? So I don't have much experience with that because there uh, women are the only ones that yeah. really desire to learn you know, about that. And it's like, I'm trying to figure out a way to engage men. Even when I post things on Facebook, it's all women. Like men don't say a word. And I'm like, do you think people gonna think you a coward? Like, what is it? Like, I don't know if they're, they're fearful of feeling like they're think maybe people thinking they're weak. But I mean, all these women can't be out here doing this and the men not doing Right. I think she froze for a little bit. But Jean, I'm going to let you pick it up because I know you are chomping at the bit. I know you want to say something. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to wait for her to come back. But I know. I think it's just her computer. Okay. So so when we say that like um, women are more apt to do it as opposed to men doing it, I, I, I really don't think that's wholly true. Like what it is is that men are not as vocal about it as women are. So I can see that because, like, I've gone through, um, you know, phases in my life where, like, you know, like abstinence, you know, was the only thing that I was trying to do. So for the most part, it's like 
You know, like, you don't really want to tell nobody because it's not really cool to talk about it. You know what I for mean? For men, like, for men. Yeah, from the yeah, from the male perspective. Because um, you know, as a man, you know, growing up, like we're taught to hunt. We're taught to go out there and seek that. So like and you know, more so women are taught to be found. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like to, you know, like become the the prey for what men are, you know, are seeking. So I think that um most of the time when it comes to men in terms of like just like uh abstinence and you know just things of of that nature like it's not that you're going to be called a punk or you're going to be called weak but it's more so you know just a thing that you don't promote or talk about and hmm. you know in men's circles it's more popular to talk about your conquest as opposed to talking about the time you almost did it or the time <laughs> you didn't do it you know what I mean? Like but this is what I'm saying, Jean. This is where I have a problem with with the men. Um, because and I appreciate everybody, please keep commenting. And once again, like we had this show before, I need the men to step up. Like when I be calling the men to step up, I don't really mm. so call yeah. in 646-309-0421. 646-309-0421. Okay, so Jean, I do agree with you. My problem is when the women are trying this, right? Because I do believe men. There are men that want the same thing. You, you know, we all want the end goal, that one person you can be happy with, whatever, love your life spiritually, everything emotionally connected, just happy life, right? Okay, everybody's mm -hmm. dream. But my problem is when you see, or when the men see and women doing this or, or are surround or go to places where, you know, maybe church or wherever where the women are practicing this, if the women, even though you're not vocal, if the women don't see you all really doing that, then how the women are supposed to view it as, oh, well, men do it too, and this, that, and the third. I mean, that's my, I feel like sometimes women need to see the men doing things that the man expects the woman to do, as if we don't have any expectations for the same. Mm -hmm. Well, like I said. Um, hey, Whitney, goes, thank you. Yeah, thank hey, you for sorry, coming back. My internet <laughs> can't went out. Yeah, so like just like i was saying before like um you know like when it comes to men and men circles like sometimes it's it's just not the the popular thing to to promote sometimes it's not comfortable to speak about it you know what i mean like and again like it goes against what we're taught coming up because coming up we're taught oh go get the girl go conquer that and you know Meanwhile, when it comes to a woman who's seeking men, like it's a little bit of a, you know, a different story, you know, like you're not taught to, oh, go get these guys. No, you, you know, like you're taught more so to, you know, go be, to wait to be found. So when it comes to our, you know, us talking about it, like that's just something that's, it's not a comfortable conversation for men most of the time. But, that you know, like there are a lot of men who do it, like, I remember when I was a really young minister, um, we had a group of guys, like we called the, we called each other God's dream team. And we used to call each other in the middle of the night, like, yo, bro, like, I feel like doing it, but you know, like, so we did the same things, but we didn't advertise it. You know, you understand? Right. like, and like, you know, we, 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 we were a small little crew, like it was about four of us or five of us. And we would just call each other like, yo, don't do it, man. Like, listen, you know, but, at the same time, you know, it's, it's not easy to promote that or, you know, like to talk about it. And also, um, when you talk about upbringing coming up in, you know, especially church circles like that, you know, sex conversations was taboo. So like we didn't we didn't talk, you know, we didn't talk about it. I ain't talk about sex till I experienced it, you know, like so. You know, it was, it's just, you know, something that we need to address, you know, as a whole, as a community and, and as a church, you know, like that's things that we always need to talk about and be mindful that, you know, the young people, though, you know, like we try to shield them and protect them from things like sometimes we can't protect them from things if we don't tell them about it. So, you know, like that, that's just and even, you know, in the households, parents, you know, need to do the same, you know, like, um. I remember um, maybe like the, it wasn't the first time I did it, but 
probably like the second time I did it, I went back and told my mom. I told her it was the first time because, you know, I was a little embarrassed. But, you know, I ran back. Hey, Ma, you know, I did it. And, you know, like, this is what happened and da-da-da. And, you know, like, she scolded me and, you know, like, it, it made me go back underground, you know? Like, okay, I won't mention that no more. I won't say nothing about it. So, you know, like, sometimes, like, the the male perspective of things like that is a little bit different. So, you know, like, it's a little trickier to, like, get men or engage men in those type of conversations to find out if they're doing it or if they're not doing it. You know, it's just, you know, something that we don't feel comfortable just blurting out, like, you know, hey, listen, I'm abstinent, you know? Oh hey, I'm I'm not. Well, you, know, you should. I mean, if that's like you live, the honeys, bro. Like, that's if that's like you live in, then what is the problem? That's what you should be saying. But I agree. I do agree with a lot with what you're saying with the male ego and um how the male is supposed to be perceived in our society. Um, just to let the audience know, we're talking with Miss Whitney Jones. Um, Jean, I think it's time to go for break. So we'll we'll go to a short break. We'll be right back, Miss Whitney Jones, Siegel and Sage. You gotta come back with Looking us with podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. Yo, we back, we back. Thank you so much for coming back with us, Whitney Jones. And she is Ella Brown. Like, let's get back to it. So we're talking single and saved. Yeah, so now we, I mean, because Whitney, I know, um, is having some de- technical difficulties. So we're so thankful you came back to join us. So Whitney, I know you were here for um, me and Jean that, and we were talking about. So what's your take on it? So I understand the male's role and how the males looked and, you know, how they have to be, you know, how they're perceived and things like that. And it can be uncomfortable. But my stance is, well, if you, if you're living like this and you living for the Lord and you, you walk in the walk, talk in the talk, then even though it's uncomfortable, shouldn't you be out here telling people? Because Whitney, I know you've seen it. When we see women who try to do that and they're like, you know, I'm sick, whatever reason it's for, right? I'm sick of men, I'm this, that, and the third. I'm going to be safe. They tell everybody, the men, the women, the church, whatever. Yes, I'm starting this path. Even if tomorrow that path is done on Tuesday, then Wednesday, they're like, you know what? I messed up yesterday, but today's Wednesday. Today's a new day. I'm going out here and doing it. But you don't see the men saying anything. So the problem I think is, and, and I don't know how men can do it because I hear what Jean's saying, but I think women need to see that because if they see that there are actually men out here who are doing the same thing and want the same things as you, I think that could help. Just like just like you mentioned, accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know. And it's like sometimes I wish I can just get inside of, of a man's mind, you know, to see what it is that... <laughs> That they really think, like I said before, I think it has a lot to do with how they will be perceived. Um, some of them may feel like people might think they're weak, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, I don't, I don't know. And I know a lot, women in general, we are more expressive, you know, we are more expressive, we're more emotional, um, and we have a lot of passion in regards to, to things like this, you know, um, so we want to, we, we are like, we're we're encouragers you know women are encouragers so whatever it is that we are experiencing in our lives if we can help someone and encourage them we're gonna do it i don't Mm. know what it is for men they might feel like you know i just i don't know i wish i knew um i know but i feel like i I forgot we got gene here like see this is how women do we just start talking like the the, listen because i'm not gonna sit through too much mail bashing okay (laughs) It's also like the um the 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 fear of failure, right? Like that kind of looms over over our heads as well. So sometimes like you don't wanna broadcast yourself as something because the the fear of failure. Like you feel like, okay, like if I tell everybody that I'm doing this, yeah, and I mess up, all my credibility is gone. Yeah. 
I get that. But you know what? Well, also, mm -hmm. it's not that you're telling people that you're not having sex. You know, I don't I don't preach that. You know, I just mm -hmm. it's not that, oh, I'm not going around having sex. That's not like the the um the main thing Got about you. this. The main thing is single and saved. You know, I'm single and I'm living every day to live saved. You know, I'm on this path. You know, mm -hmm. so you don't have to just tell people exactly what you're doing. But you know, it's it's not even just the whole it's not even just the whole um I'm not having sex or you know, it's not just that though. Like it's the whole thing. You understand what I'm saying? Like I mean, because like a lot of times men go to single singles retreats, like you no, know, like it's do it's they? Not that. No, they don't. Yes, we do. See, yes. you see how we act and we don't even know because we never hear about I've, it. I've, I've been to several singles retreats with several men. I've been to couple retreats and I've been to single retreats. Okay. And, you know, like, we, we do do it. It's just, we would rather do it in quietness. Like, you know, like, because, again, I understand like, that. being single sometimes come with a stigma of being a failure for men. Sometimes for women too. Wow. But being yeah. a what? Being single. Comes with a stigma. Yeah. Being a failure. Because like, all right, that's like me, right? That's probably one of the things, you know, like before I got divorced, <laughs> like that was one of the things that probably held me from like leaving a long time before I, when I should have. Right? The okay. thing that held me back was the thought that, okay, I can't be at this age and searching mm. i can't be at this age and say okay i'm single i don't got nobody nobody don't got me i'm not knocking on nobody's door nobody ain't knocking on my door like you know like that was that that part was like a big part of me you know holding on to being married like just to say hey i'm married you know so you know i can't say that's all men's situations and you know like but, you know, I know that, like, sometimes that stigma of, like, okay, you don't have nobody, it's kind of, you know, like, that That kind you, you get a pushback from that on internally for men. And it's the way we were taught coming up. I get it. I get it. But when you, so when you are a part of that kind of community, there should be no limitation to, you shouldn't feel, you shouldn't have to feel like that. You know what I'm mm. saying? If you're part of that safe, like for me, like the Facebook group, it's a closed group. Like I'm, I'm, I created this group and I'm trying to build it for people to talk privately about mm. the, their situations and their struggles. Everybody can't get into the group, you know, and it's just people who are going through the same things, who are dealing with the same things to be able to be open about just anything and not have to feel like you're a failure or, and I get it. Cause as a woman, I wanted to be married at 25. You know, I feel like, Oh, growing up, you're supposed to be married. I went, I'm 33 years old, still ain't married. Sometimes I be like, what in the world is wrong with me? Like, this is ridiculous. So I get it. But everybody else is, there are so many other people dealing with the same thing, you know, and you can benefit from, you know, really linking with people and, and mm -hmm. talking about these things and not, and it'd be a safe place and not feel like a failure or feel like you're being condemned. You know what I'm saying? But I get what you're saying. A lot of men, they may feel that way and that keeps them from, from you know, from pushing towards something like that, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I think that's true. And, Go and ahead. I think that it could be really helpful. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's not that I don't think, you know, it could be really helpful, but at the same time, you know, like sometimes you, you got to get over your pride. Like you got to get over yourself in order to, to, to embrace something like that. And right. the way, you know, like we came up listening to rap music and, you know, like different kind of things where it's like, you know, like it's kind of anti you. It's anti the person you created yourself to be. You understand? Not who who God created you to be, but anti who you created for yourself to be. So, you know, like your own image of yourself, not God's image, but your own, like, you know, you set up your own image of who you are. And sometimes, you know, it's it goes against the way you know, we, we think of things or we were taught to think. And yeah. I think it's, 
Yeah, and I think it's what Whitney said. Also, Greg said, pride cometh before the fall. That's right. And and pride is the hardest thing to get rid of, but it's necessary in order to grow. And so, you know, Jean, just like you on here, Whitney's an LPC, I'm a life coach. And so in dealing with people who deal with not this particular situation, but just pride and feeling like whatever it is they're going through, they don't have that community. That's why I agree with Whitney said that that community needs to be and people need to see that because once people and you know Gene, no matter what you're dealing with, once you see that somebody's dealing with the same thing, then you feel like it's not just you. Then yeah. you've got somebody to talk to. Then you realize, oh, it's more people. Then you realize maybe it's thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds who are living just like me. So I think that exposure and building a community with like-minded people is very, very important. And I understand the man's um role and I understand um, what the man has to go to go through, especially black men. But I think if you are deciding and not all men do. Right. But if you're one of those men that is thinking about this or deciding something like this, it's just like anything else. You have to stand on it. You know, whatever it is, your belief, that's part of your character and who you are. You need to stand on it. That doesn't mean that you're going to make mistakes, but it has to be like you're not worried about the naysayers and everything else, because that is true. Like Whitney said, God is going to work all that out. All the people who you think that may not agree with you or come against you will be the very people that might come to you. Whitney, am I right? And be like, you know yeah. what? I was thinking the same thing, man, right. but I ain't going to tell nobody. So how did you do it? And so each one teach one. Yeah, exactly. And you never know what you can be exposed to if you allow yourself to be open to that to that group mm. or um, to that community. Your blessing could be there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and yep. allowing your pride to stop you from from getting your blessing. Oh, that's good. You know, mm -hmm. so you got to be open. And, and sometimes when we're open, we're like, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, that's where faith comes in. You know, you never yeah. know what God is going to do. If you allow yourself to be led by him, you always want to be led by him. But don't don't put him in a box either. You never know mm -hmm. how he could move in your life or, you know, make, find, help you find a mate. There's so many different ways. You know, we we don't, don't think like God thinks. So mm -hmm. when we are operating in pride, we are removing ourselves from really truly being led by him and allowing him to, to lead our lives. You know, we have to be humble before him. That's where he can really work. You know, when we're humble um, mm -hmm. and obedient, you know, so pride, it does, it, it, it destroys you. It really does. So mm -hmm. yeah, we don't think like that though. We we're selfish. You know, we, we think about it. We're ourselves. selfish and we want yeah. instant gratification. Yes. We don't, and we if don't it's like not patience, instant, then we don't want to wait past like two or three days. If we don't hear anything, we automatically think, okay, you know what? I knew this wasn't right. God didn't hear me. And and boom, what do we do? End up making a wrong decision. Yeah. God shows us mercy. Then we come back and it's like, okay, I'm going to try again. But I love that, that people try again, no matter what it is you're dealing with, because that just shows growth. I don't care how many times you mess up. Just right. show me that you're growing and you are trying again and you are not going to give up and that you grow a little more each time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and stay humble. Terry Clark says, "Stay humble." That is the most important thing, which is is hard. And Jean, like you said, when you when you around a, a bunch of bunch of your boys or a bunch of men, it is hard not to let that ego, especially when you're talking about women, let mm -hmm. that ego come out. And y'all don't start. You know, it's hard to not get in those conversations where it's like um, praying after the women, basically. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's hard because the men, you know have been taught that you know and so it's a different kind it's a primal type thing so yeah, I mean, I've, I understand. Been, I've been asked by you know pastors like yo what's wrong with you like you know Our pastors yeah Ooh. what's wrong with you why why you don't talk to no girls what's going on with you and for me it was like yo i know where like what god was delivering me from and where i came from so it was more of a, you know, like, listen, I got to stay, I got to be extreme about this. Like, because if I don't, if I'm not extreme about this, I'm going to play around and I'm going to just end up in a situation, you know, that, that I don't belong in. But, you know, and I, I had gone like, I would say probably eight years without like a girlfriend talking to, you know, like talking to girls, nothing. Like, I'm just like, listen, you know, like I'm giving it up. I'm not doing it. And, you know, like, Somebody came to me and they're like, yo, man, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, like something wrong with you? Why are you not talking to no girls? Yeah. Right? The no. first time, 
let me tell you, the first time, and I'm, I'm not saying that that pastor was right for doing that, but the first time I started to engage with a woman, I got caught up again, you know? So then it's like, I got to start that whole process all over again. And it was very, you know, very difficult for me to, to get through that. So, you know, like some, and, and like I said, it's, it's just a male locker room type of thing. Like, it's not just a, you know, like, oh, we don't, you know, it's not just a pride thing. It's, you know, because other men will pull it out of you too. Like if, you know what I mean? If you're not careful. But go ahead, I'm sorry. I know you were saying something. No, I was just saying, when you listen to people, that can really mess you up. And even like in the church, you know, you try to have this, this certain identity and way of life because of what people in the church might say or what people in the church are doing. But that that can that can mess you up and really get you off the path that God has for you. You your relationship with God is your relationship with God. When you do things the right way, you're doing it because you love Him. He loves you, and and you want to keep His. You know, it's about a relationship with God, not what other people are saying, not what other people are doing. If you allow yourself to do that, you you mess you mess yourself up because you go mm-hmm. every which and way because everybody gonna say. Everybody has something to say about the life that you're living. Mm-hmm. And if you if you listen to everything that they say and say, oh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should that should do that. It, it, it then minimizes God out of your life. You're no longer living um, to please him. You're living to please people. And this that's the, that's the that's the sad thing. And, and like like we talk about, not only this, it's everything. You know, and then I think, Whitney, you can let me know what you think. But as a life coach, I think what I tell people, you have to look with that in, in yourself and be reflective of who you are. Yeah. And then you grow as a person because you are craving something. You are craving validation. So if you're craving validation, that means you don't feel validated for yourself. Yeah. And you have to figure out where that comes from. And a lot of times it's childhood. You know, it's environmental too, but it's something that happened way back when, or it could be, you know, it, it's in our younger years, but it's also environmental. And that validation is very important for people. I do want to say a few things. Sean said, when you have a woman throwing all this temptation at you, it's hard to look the other way. Yes, Sean, it is hard, but like we saying, you just got to keep on trying. If, if that's, if that's, what you want to do. And then Stacy said, I'm enjoying this real conversation. Greg said facts. Also, I got to take just real quick, Gene, I got to give a um, shout out to our sponsor, Sayings by Butter. And let me tell you, Sayings by Butter, please follow her on IG. I just ordered a couple things from uh, Sayings by Butter. So let me just put that (laughs) plug in there. Um, But I think that validation, that's what it is, because even with your friends, think about in high school, when we were in high school, you know, what group did you want to be in? Did you want to be in the popular group? Did you want to be in the, you know, which group did you want to be in and why did you want to be there? Right. Because you needed to be validated. And so it is a self-reflection thing. And we battle that all the way throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. It's a validation for something, even employment. You know what I mean? It does it. Your coworkers and your boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Your career path, like all, all of that, like yeah. all of it. It goes back to identity. A lot of times mm-hmm. we don't, we don't um, live how we want or make right decisions or whatever because we don't even know who we are. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we're going. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think it goes. It, it has that. It has a lot to do with that as well. Um, and I've been through that myself. You know, not realizing like who am I? You know. Mm-hmm. You know. And I for a long time, especially. In, dealing with like self-esteem low self-esteem too like Mm -hmm. I I wasn't realizing you know who God created me to be like I'm his daughter he's my father he didn't he didn't create a mistake you know he made me you know who I am for a reason and I was dealing with that issue for a long time and that also um goes into your decision making you know not knowing who you are it it has it's it's all it all comes together literally Mm -hmm. so yeah I agree. It's just like society telling us um, who they think you are. And like we said, with whether it's uh, sexual relationships, work or whatever. And then we believe that. Yeah. And, you know, it makes you question, Whitney, because if you know you're not that person, 
Or, you know, it's the same thing if somebody lied on you and you know you told the truth, right. but you will go through hellfire to yeah. try to make them understand that you told the truth, even though you know this and God knows this. But it is that validation or I don't want nobody to think. And why are we so worried about what people think? And that stops us from doing so many things. Have you not seen so many dreams broken or put on hold because somebody said you can't do that? That's crazy. And it was just that one person. Yeah. You know, that said it or a few people, whatever had an impact on you. And so now you're feeling like, yeah, you know what? I don't know what I was thinking. I can't do that. Right. Let me just go on. And it'll take you years and us years to finally get to what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because people took you out, took you out of your dreams. They'll talk you out of your goals. They'll talk you out of anything. And um, the crazy part is whether you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, people are going to talk about you. Yeah. So you might as well do the right thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that. Very true. But you know what? What about this, Gene? Even if you do the wrong thing, like you said, people going to talk about you. But if you do the wrong thing, my thing is get somebody or, or hopefully take something or self-reflect and just make yourself better. Because I still feel like, you know, I feel like whoever you are, right or wrong, be true to you. When you're true to you first, then you can work on, okay, you know what? I'm not doing this right this, you know, whatever, whatever, and I've got to get myself together. I think we're just not true to ourselves yeah. and so worried about pleasing everybody else. And then people, everybody that I know has done that at some point in their life, even though they don't say it. Right, Whitney? Mm -hmm. so right. It, it seems like it's the masses that do this. People can act like they don't. Oh, no, I do my own thing. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Stop it. There's been a time when somebody told you what to do or somebody you cared about where they made a comment and you went because you cared about them or you valued them or whatever it was and you did it against, you know, maybe what you would have chosen otherwise. Mm -hmm. so I just think that, that it's powerful. The right. world and the people and what they can do to skew you and just like you know the dreams or the vision and and i just want people to know of course they some people might go in on your vision and all that because the vision was for you it wasn't for them mm -hmm. you know so just just showing and showing what you're going to do they'll come around and as we know when people usually come around they're like oh you know you're doing so good oh yeah well you know you were right and you know i i realized that and you know this that and the third i think we just got to be Keep on pressing on, like Whitney's saying, with her single and saved, no matter what. She already knows she's doing the right thing. She already know God got her. Who can't, you can't, can't nobody give you what God's going to give you? No That's one. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, so Whitney, I know, like, you, you had mentioned um, when you were talking about the single and saved thing, you were talking about boundaries. What, what, what exactly are boundaries? Well, first you have to know your weak areas, your weak points. You have mm -hmm. to know what causes you to fall. You have to you have to be in tune with that. Um, and once you figure out what what causes you to fall, then or make a mistake, whatever you want to call it, then you can you can come up with boundaries that will help you um, keep those boundaries, like rules for yourself. I mean, I guess you can say. So if you are a person who gets um, horny aroused at midnight, you mm -hmm. know. You can't have nobody at your house at midnight. In the midnight. Right. You know, so you gotta be able to <laughs> boundaries are, are ways to protect yourself. And oh, you, you also gotta have boundaries. Make sure that your boundaries are respected by the other person. If the other person doesn't respect your boundaries, they don't respect you. You mm -hmm. know, so you have to be in tune with that as well. Who you allow yourself to be around and who you spend time with. Um, because it, when temptation arrives, it is not easy to let go. You know, mm -hmm. and, and when they're there, they're there. And, and, you know, so you have to make sure that you have the right people around you as well. But boundaries, they help protect you. You know, mm -hmm. so you have to, when you know how you want to live, you know what makes you weak, you create boundaries um, mm -hmm. to help you um, with those things. So that's that's what I would say boundaries are. Okay. In that aspect. <laughs> yeah. So that's so 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 and teaching well see like that and that's probably like one of the biggest things that I, I, I count as like a you know like something that the church gotta get better at is it's not just teaching scriptures but like teaching the application. Yes, yes. Because yeah. like that's that's where we fell. People had like just not informing them how to use the scriptures properly or how to apply that to their lives. 
And, um, you know, because you could be a, a scripture quoting sinner, you know? Right, like, yeah, the, the, the devil knows scriptures. Exactly. So you got to be really, really, really careful with that. And that that's one of the things that, you know, I think you're doing a great job with, you know, is actually teaching the application on on how to get yourself out of situations or how to stay out of situations. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's a it's an ongoing battle. Like mm-hmm. I, I live it, too. Like, that's why I'm not just a lot of people don't want to listen to you because they're like, well, you don't go through the same thing I go through. Yeah. Um, in this case, I do. Like, I live it every single day, mm-hmm. you know. So I know. I know the path. Like, I know the struggles, you know. And I'm not perfect either. So I'm checking myself every day as well. Like, Whitney, what's going on? What's what's in your mind today? Like, you got to be in tune with where you are. If you're not, you can make the easiest mistake, you mm-hmm. know. So being in tune and being accepting. But you got to accept that you're single, too. Some people, we yes. don't like accepting that. Mm-hmm. We don't like accepting. Then when we don't want to accept it, we don't. We're not willing to do what we need to do to stay out to live how we need to live. So we got it. We ain't married yet. Okay, accept it. Yep, keep going. Some you know? people, some people will kill not to be single. You know, like yeah, it's really yeah. crazy out here. Right. All right, but that's our show. It's a wrap. Um, we want to thank you so much, Whitney, for coming on. Ella, we appreciate you. This is such a good conversation, Whitney. I mean, we might have to have a part two because people really need help. And we have a lot of questions in the chat. So part two coming soon. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Whit. We appreciate you. And that's a wrap on Everything Podcast. Thank you. On everything. On everything. everything.